Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Rootspace Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. And tonight's podcast is not only reversed, but it is the night of truncated starts. Da-da! Sounds like a um, Radio Mystery Theater title. If you ever listen to Radio Mystery Theater, that's fantastic. Back in the 70s, E.G. Marshall with the scary voice and the creaking doors. Fantastic. It's on YouTube if you, th- if you think I'm inventing it. Sometime when you're not easily spooked, you know, two in the morning is not necessarily the time to listen to a Radio Mystery Theater. But of course, Radio Mystery Theater ran at 1030 at night. So it was exactly at the time when you didn't want to get freaked out. But uh, I'm doing things backwards today. There is a reason. Um, Despite it being the night of truncated starts, Didier Vargas pitched four innings, pitched fairly well, a reasonable Didier Vargas start four innings. I think he gave up three runs. Maybe it was two. Um, Ed Hearn homered early. Matt Mervis homered later. Um, Ed Howard and Mervis had um, two hits each. Mervis, obviously, with a home run, which put the team up four to three. Tyler Sullentrope, who is better... He's probably about the best example I've heard of a pitcher who is better than low A, but has inordinate amounts of trouble at high A. Um, Not really a whole lot to pull here, other than Ed Hearn had a two-run homer, Mervis had a solo homer, Ed Howard and Mervis both had two hits. That's about what you're pulling from this game. Not a whole lot to grab, Um, both Pitching staves did rather well. Now, the night of the truncated start kicks in in South Bend. Anderson Espinoza got the start for South Bend. He was acquired for Jake Marisnik. In that instance, it's not in the Jake Marisnik trade. It's he was acquired for Jake Marisnik because most of the trades... It's either one for two or two for one, but with Anderson Espinosa, it was he was acquired for um, Jake Marisnik. Espinosa is a player who, back when, had been a highly touted prospect. He's had, ooh, excuse me, two Tommy John surgeries and another arm elbow surgery that wasn't Tommy John. Went through like. A thousand days of not pitching a single inning. Um, he was pitching for Fort Wayne, which is in the um, San Diego system. And uh, Jesse Goldberg Strassler, who is fantastic. If you ever happen to run into Jesse Goldberg Strassler anywhere, he's a fantastic guy. Spent three or four minutes ch- chatting with him at a Chiefs um, Tin Caps game. Very nice guy. Uh, he saw that I was having a discussion with the announcer from Peoria who was watching the game. 
And uh, Jesse Goldberg Strassler said in regards to Anderson Espinosa, great arm. I was expecting a tooth pull. Do you know what I mean by a tooth pull? Ball one, ball two, strike one, ball three, foul ball, pop foul, ball four, strike one, ball one. I, I, I was expecting a taffy pull. I was expecting an absolute taffy pull from Anderson Espinoza. First inning, 11 pitches, nine strikes, no problem, no worries, nothing at all. Through three innings, two hits, one walk, four strikeouts, one run. It was earned. The run scored when there was a single with a single or a walk. I think it was a single with, with uh, two outs in the third inning. Hit and run. Mason Wynn, who runs like the wind, uh, scored from first on a single on a hit and run. And... Um, that was the only run that Espinoza gave up for strikeouts in his previous six, no, in his previous eight starts with Fort Wayne. The goal had been get him to pitch three innings. He had pitched over 50 pitches in six of eight outings. In his last, six of his last eight outings, it took him over 50 pitches to get in three innings. Tonight, it took him 49, which is really close to 50, but it wasn't 50. And it really did seem like they pulled him because he'd gotten to three innings. Now, with Anderson Espinoza, there is no realistic shot in God's green earth that Anderson Espinoza will ever be a starting pitcher at the major league level. That's not a concern. He has a great arm. He has a live arm. And tonight he was basically saying, here it is, hit it. Here it is, hit it. I'm going to throw 95, 96. Hit it, see if you can do it. And that's the kind of guy that you bring in a modified version of uh, uh, Dylan Maples. Except this guy was throwing more strikes. Uh, that is who Anderson Espinosa sounds like. They will probably try to get him, send him out to start, send him out to start, three innings, three I don't know. They might try to push him to four at some point. But realistically, they want him to get in innings. <sighs> Excuse me. But um, three innings, 49. I don't know that there's a whole lot of push to have him pitch four or five innings or anything like Just get him three innings every week. Maybe sometimes have him pitch three innings on Tuesday, then three innings again on Sunday. Again, I'm not entirely sure how they're going to do that, but he was fine tonight. I had no problem with Anderson Espinosa. I was expecting him to be a taffy pull. When Anderson Espinosa came out, Alexander Vizcaino came in. Alexander Vizcaino was a taffy pull. He is he ball one, ball two, ball three, home run, ball one, ball two, single. Ball one, ball two, strike one, ball, but, but it just, a whole, uh, he only got through two-thirds of an inning before Mateo Boki came in and tossed the last five and a third innings. Boki, I have given a bit of grief to before because I've said he really shouldn't be getting hitters out at this level. 
He seems to be getting hitters out at this level. Tonight he came in and pitched the rest of the game. Espinosa went three. Vizcaino went two-thirds. Boki finished. That'll work. That's fine. I'm good with it. Three pitchers. All good. Um, Jonathan Perlaza homered two for four. Jake Slaughter two for four scored a run. Six hits in total. South Bend loses five to two. No real huge concerns here. Anderson Espinosa outperformed. Alexander Vizcaino underperformed. And if at the end of the season, Alexander Vizcaino really, 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 really hasn't gotten it done, then what you do is you wait around, wait around, wait around. And in about January, you try to sneak him through waivers. If you want him to get it done, but if he's just flat out not getting it done and walking people and not getting outs, etc., etc., it's a development thing. He's not... He's probably not ready for advanced day ball yet, but you got to use him. You got to send him out somewhere. You got to pitch him somewhere. He's taking up a 40-man roster spot. There's no point hiding him in Myrtle Beach. You might as well see if he can pitch in South Bend. Might as well see. Um, It's a development thing. Maybe he'll get it. Maybe he won't. Um, Tennessee, remember how I said that truncated starts? Caleb Killian got the start for Tennessee, and I was really looking forward to this. Strike one, strike two, third pitch, 95, strike three on three pitches. Excellent. Next batter, I think, popped to the first baseman or something like that. Then there's a hit and a walk and a three-hour rain delay. Caleb Killian, done for the night. Nelson Velazquez, who was playing his first double-A game, singled in Jared Young on the first pitch that he saw in double-A ball. Brandon Hughes, two and a third innings, two hits, one walk, seven strikeouts, no runs in relief. So through three innings, um, the Smokies were in good shape, and then the bullpen imploded. And I don't even know what the final score is. It could be 106 to 1. Uh, it, it's it got to be one-sided, and as you probably know by now, when a game reaches a certain point, I am no longer particularly interested. So Tennessee loses big. I will, when I get to the written version, post the final stuff, but that was one-sided. And because it was a rain delay game, there was supposed to be a doubleheader, but the three-hour rain delay, which Mick Gillespie has never gone through in minor league ball, is like three-and-a-half-hour rain delay. Um, the second game will be delayed until some other point. I'm even going to do the second game of the doubleheader before the first game of the doubleheader. I am so screwed up tonight. So bass backwards. Corey Abbott pitched game two. Uh, pitched well up until the fifth, struggled in the fifth. Um, b- 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 bullpen came in, did a nice job. Who who was the first man up? Who was the first man up? I'm not remembering who the first man up was. Um, yeah, it was Ethan Roberts. Ethan Roberts in his um, AAA debut was just called up on Tuesday, Wednesday night, inning a third of relief, one hit, no runs. Scott Efros ended up getting the save. Uh, the offense was 
scattered a bit, but uh, let's see. A Beatal Avellino, three for three, a run, an RBI. Antonio Rivas had a you've got to be kidding me game. Um, three walks, a two-run double, and scored on a Nick Martini two-run triple. Um, Tennessee wins the second game six to four. Now in the first game, why the heck is Tim doing this backwards? It's confusing me. I'm really confused. Okay, now there's two things I want to get across when I go through this first game. But before I get there, I want to mention two things. You, your choice, you choose a lead pipe, a wrench, or an oxygen tank. Lead pipe, a wrench, or an oxygen tank. Which one do you want? It's one of the three. It's either one. I'll tell you what happens in a few. My brother used to go to concerts with a guy named Wayne. Wayne, very agreeable sort. Um, I could probably still talk to him, and I don't really deal with people very well. Uh, Wayne, when he would get to a concert, he would have a thing. At the end of the concert, he and my brother would talk about the show, whatever it was. Wayne always liked the warm-up group. Hey, the, the, the group that we paid to see, they were good. But I tell you, that backup group was hot. Those guys are really good. Wayne would routinely promote the backup group. Just one thing that my brother would mention about going to concerts with Wayne, whoever he would go see, at the end of the show, that backup group was really good. Okay, now let's get to the iCubs game. There really wasn't a whole lot of offense in game one. Justin Steele started. In the first inning, he pitched out of a bit of a jam. A single walk to start, then double play strikeout. And for the rest of the way, he was, for the rest of his outing, he was pretty much what you expect from Justin Steele. Second inning, untouchable. Third inning, untouchable. Fourth inning, gave up a run. Uh, bloop double, doink single. Stuff happens. You know, it's like, how did he give up a run? It's so wrong. Then he came, came back out for the fifth inning and struck out the side. Uh, Justin Steele does not belong in AAA. He does not belong in AAA. Justin Steele should be in Wrigley. Frankly, I'm glad he didn't pitch in Colorado because I don't want him to have to deal with that yet. He won't pitch in Colorado. They're done with Colorado tomorrow. He won't be pitching until what, Monday? Let's see, today's Wednesday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yeah, he'll pitch on Monday or Tuesday. So yeah, that's fine. Um, Justin Steele should make his next appearance with the Cubs in Wrigley Field. There really shouldn't be a question about that. Not only did he pitch well, Justin Steele against a knuckleballer singled in the two runs in the fourth inning. That put Tennessee, uh, that put Iowa up two to one. So once Justin Steele comes out, Ryan Meisinger comes in in the sixth inning and does what Ryan Meisinger does. And what Ryan Meisinger does is 
give up no runs. Now, everybody's going to say Justin Steele belongs in Chicago. Justin Steele does belong in Chicago. Why? Why is Justin Steele, why should Justin Steele go to Chicago for his next outing? You can toss 95, you can toss nasty, filthy uh, curveball and slider. Truth of the matter is, AAA hitters are doing jack squat with Justin Steele. When Justin Steele's pitching, he's incredibly lucky because the other team doesn't do a darn thing. Justin Steele is better than the league. Okay, now, why did I phrase it this way? Ryan Meisinger has given up one run since June. Ryan Meisinger has given up one run since June. It was unearned, I think. Ryan Meisinger belongs in Wrigley Field. Maybe not tomorrow, maybe not the day after. If Justin Steele should go up to the major leagues because the minor league hitters aren't hitting Justin Steele. If that's why he should go up. And that's a perfectly legitimate, perfectly valid, perfectly reasonable assessment. Why should Ryan Meisinger not be in Wrigley Field at some point? point. He's getting people out. What is your logic for calling up one guy because he's crushing the competition, but not calling up the other guy because, well, he's crushing the competition? The reason for AAA is to develop talent and assess talent. Develop and assess. Develop and assess. As you assess what Ryan Meisinger's done for the last month, five weeks, six weeks, whatever it is, he's not giving up runs. He's not giving up runs. Tonight, two innings in relief. No runs given up. How much better can he do than that? There's one other thing with Ryan Meisinger to keep in mind. One other thing with Ryan Meisinger to keep in mind. Justin Steele belongs in Wrigley. No doubt about it. No question. Indubitably, however you want to put it. Ryan Meisinger. Remember the last podcast I was talking about, Ibs? You might be listening in backwards order, so you didn't hear me. Ibs in Chicago. Let's say you have a choice parking spot right outside of your house or apartment complex or whatever the heck you're living in and you want to keep your parking spot. As you pull out of your parking spot, two or three of your buddies plop a couch in your parking spot. I got ibs! Maybe they even throw something on top of the couch to make it heavier. I got ibs! I have that spot until I get back. I have that spot. It's mine. Well, it's a kind of a garbage setup, but people get away with it in Chicago. If the Cubs decide they want to keep Ryan Meisinger into the future, they can do that. But they have to decide they want to do that. 
So, if Ryan Meisinger gets called up to the major leagues at some point through the season, I'm guessing you could probably figure out somebody in that Cubs bullpen that you don't particularly want around next year. I'm not going to put any names in your mind, but you can probably think of a person or two. I I don't even want to know who it is. Yeah, yeah, we can probably let that guy go. We're not going to want that guy next year. He's not going to be a part of our squad next year. Let's flip. Let that guy go away. Bring in Ryan Meisinger. See if he's any good. Because if Ryan Meisinger is actually majorly good, are you going to want to keep him around next year? Yeah, of course you are. And if you don't look at him, if you don't check him out at the major league level, how are you going to know if he's good enough? Justin Steele belongs in Wrigley Field. Justin Steele is good enough to pitch in Wrigley Field, possibly as a starter, possibly as a reliever, possibly as a three and a third inning guy along with Keegan Thompson who goes three and two thirds or something, however they want to do it. Keegan Thompson will belong in Wrigley again. Justin Steele belongs there now. Remember I was saying wrench, lead pipe, oxygen tank. What's your logical reason for wanting Justin Steele in the major leagues? He's getting people out. He's looking really good. Okay. Now, as long as you're not hypocritical when it comes to Ryan Meisinger, why is it that you want to keep him down if you don't want him getting called up? And again, it doesn't have to be today. It doesn't have to be tomorrow. It doesn't have to be next week. But at some point, if Ryan Meisinger keeps getting people out, where's the harm in calling up Ryan Meisinger? Where is the harm in calling up Ryan Meisinger? There are a number of players that the Cubs are looking at. Some of them are going to be, yeah, I really want this guy around next year. Some guys are going to be, well, really, uh, not not so much. As long as you find someone on the 26-man roster that is from a roster perspective disposable, try Ryan Meisinger out. He might be worthwhile. Unless you're omniscient. Maybe you know everybody who is going to be good. Maybe you were one of the people who was saying, please, 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 please call up Tommy Nance. Because I know he's going to be good. Please, please, please have Rafael Ortega on the Major League roster. And please, please, please trade Jack Peterson and give all of his at-bats to Rafael Ortega so that Rafael Ortega gets a chance to shine. Maybe you were that person. Maybe you were that person when Patrick Wisdom was hitting like 160 in AAA that was saying, call up Patrick Wisdom quickly because he's going to be fantastic. Maybe you knew all that stuff. Maybe you are that brilliant. I'm not. All I can do is assess how a player a player is doing at a certain level and say, you know what, this guy, maybe he move him up. 
you know, if he's doing really well in Myrtle Beach, move him the heck up to South Bend. If he's doing really well in South Bend, move him the heck up to Tennessee. If he's doing really well in Tennessee, like Ethan Roberts does, move him to Iowa. And then if he's doing really well in Iowa, move him up to Chicago because that's how it works. That's how it works. If you're doing well at one level, you move him up to the next level. Take a look at him there and assess. Maybe he's good. Maybe he's not. There's not a 100% correlation anytime ever. If you're going to say Justin Steele belongs in the major leagues because he's doing really well in AAA, which am I using? Am I using a lead pipe, a wrench, or an oxygen tank? If you are hypocritical, which am I using? If Justin Steele belongs up a level because he's looking really good in AAA, why wouldn't Ryan Meisinger deserve a look? Where's the harm? If he goes up and he has a 14.5 ERA over 11 innings, well, maybe he's not good enough for major leagues. Okay, fine. But if over 17 and a third innings, he's only given up one run, maybe he might be okay and worth keeping around for next year. I don't know. I, I can't see into the future that well. I'm not that smart. Maybe you're smart enough to do that. I'm not. Ryan Meisinger deserves a look because he's done well at AAA. When a player does really well at one level, he should move to the next, especially when there's no conflict. With Ryan Meisinger, there's no conflict. Call him up. Look how he does. Check him out. And if you're not going to keep him around for next year, that's no problem. You DFA him. Not a worry. Not a problem. You DFA him. And you call up Ethan Roberts. Call it a day. I'm not good enough to be able to look at a player's past record. Jake Jewell, how's he going to do at the major league level? I don't know. I don't know. That's why you send him to the major leagues. He did well in AAA. You send him up to the major leagues to see how he does there. Jake Jewell, how's he doing? Heck, he might even be pitching as I'm doing this podcast. I don't know how he's doing. But if he's doing well at AAA, he deserves a look at the major league level. And that's why Ryan Meisinger ought to get called up to the Cubs at some point before the season ends. Because that's the logical way to do it. And if you're hypocritical, which one am I using? Oxygen tank, lead pipe, or wrench? Which am I using? Um, be logical. Be logical. Have a reason. Be logical about it. And if it's a screwy reason and a lot of people are saying, gee, that's kind of dumb, stick to your logic. Unless your logic is flawed, then go away from your logic, but not because um, logic is bad, but because the logic is flawed. My singer deserves a look. When? Less important than other things, but he does deserve a look. Uh, let's see. One, two, three. Uh, three wins, two losses, one game that hopefully it's done now. Hopefully nobody got hurt. Um, but Justin Steele is ready, and 
<laughs> I wonder when Caleb Killian's going to pitch. I guess, uh, you know, four, four batters. It would have been nice to see him pitch a lot longer than that, but, well, maybe he can pitch again on Sunday? If you pitch two-thirds of an inning on Wednesday, he might be able to go again on Sunday, no? Might be able to. Eh, I don't know. We'll find out. But, no, it was. Uh, it's nice that he pitched. And it's nice that he has a zero ERA. He did give up a walk, but he was pitching in the rain. So, as soon as the Smokies took the field, the rain started pouring down. It was... Is absurd. Well, thanks for stopping by. Be safe, be nice to people, and I hope the Smokies game is over with no serious ramifications.